Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. This is podcast number four. Um, thank you for joining me today. I'm Dana White. I blog as Noni at aslobcomesclean.com, where I share my personal deslobification process. Basically, deslobification means my attempts to not be a slob anymore. As I've shared my own process over the last four years, I've found a lot of ways that work in our home for our unique family, and I share those reality-based cleaning tips and organizing tips on my blog, as well as just the honest account of how hard it is for me, because this stuff does not come naturally to me. So there you will see before pictures and after pictures of very cluttered, very messy spaces, and then you'll see another before picture of that same space later on after it's recluttered, because my truth is that I'm not able to declutter something forever. It's a continual process that I have to go through, like it or not. So, um, but anyway, this is, like I said, podcast number four. You can find information about all of my podcasts at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcast. On there, I will link to show notes about this podcast, which will have um, within that post links uh, to different things that I talk about and mention. Um, I do want to make sure that I remind you before we get going that all of my ebooks are on sale this month uh, for $3 each, uh, 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, Drowning in Clutter, and or Teaching Kids to Clean are each $3, or you can get 28 Days and Drowning in Clutter together for $5 using the code HABIT, H-A-B-I-T, all caps. Habit is the code because habit is the word. It's all about habits. 28 Days to Hope for Your Home specifically will take you through the development of four basic habits that will keep your home under control. Okay. I, the little subtitle for the ebook is not for the mildly disorganized because it's not for the mildly disorganized. It's not to get your house perfect in 28 days. It's for you to be able after four weeks to feel like, okay, I can do this. I can go and I can, my house is going to get better. There is hope for my home. That's kind of the point of it. 28 days to hope for your home. I believe that anyone can start with 28 days to hope for your home. Even a hoarder, uh, somebody who absolutely has no cleaning skills whatsoever. The point of it is to take you from a place of being completely overwhelmed. I have read lots of books before about getting my house under control. And um, often they would start at a place where I would dream of ending up one day. Okay. And I didn't feel like the people who wrote them, which this is not the case of all of them, but a lot of books, I would feel like the person who wrote them, this book, you know, they liked cleaning. And so they can't even imagine what my house was like when I, out of desperation, opened this book. But I truly believe, and I've been told as well by lots of people, that 28 Days to Hope for Your Home is for the person who feels completely hopeless in their home. And that's the point. Um, Okay, so in today's podcast, I am going to share with you uh, the next part of my slob story. Now, when I first started these podcasts, I really thought it would take me maybe a week, two weeks to tell my whole slob story. Well, now we're in week four. And, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be finished today. So I'm kind of enjoying telling these. I hope it's okay with y'all. Uh, but I'm after I tell part four of my slob story, then I'm going to share about my week, just what's been going on, what I put on the blog, um, just, you know, the, the cleaning progress or frustrations that I've had in my own home. 
And then at the end of the podcast, I will share with you two decluttering questions. Now, I will say that I have seen lists of 10 questions for decluttering. Like, here are 10 things to ask yourself about um, this item to decide if you need to keep it or not. Well, that's really great if you have one item that you're trying to decide if you need it or not. And maybe you need 10 questions because it's really hard. But I had so much clutter in my home when I started this process, and I still struggle with clutter. I didn't have time to ask myself 10 questions about every single item. I had to move through it quickly. So out of necessity, I came up with two decluttering questions that I use as I work through decluttering projects. And I'm going to share at least one of those with you today, depending on time and possibly two. And the good news about my two decluttering questions is that if you can answer the first one, you don't even have to worry about the second one. So it's like I said, designed to help you move through as much clutter as possible, as quickly as possible. Okay. So part four of my slob story last week, I shared with you uh, our new home that we had moved into. Now it's not new anymore. We've been in this house for eight years and it never was new, uh, since we've been here. It was built in 79, but, um, we moved into this house and we'd specifically chosen this house because it had what I was looking for. And I was looking for an eBay room. I wanted pretty much a storage room in my house. You know, a lot of people have a room that has turned into that, we came into this house with me knowing that was what I wanted. I wanted a room with a door that closed where I could stick all of my treasures slash junk in there and close the door and have a place to work. Well, let me just say that, um, a room that you plan on being a dumping ground is a really bad thing for somebody with my personality. Because I mean, if that's what the room is, then I'm just going to go with that. And there was no organization to that room. I mean, I had my hanging rack for all my eBay clothes, but it was mostly just piles and piles and piles and piles of stuff, plus the packing material for me to sell it on eBay, plus everything else that I had. And it was just, it was a huge disaster. So uh, at the end of last week, I talked about how I stopped going to garage sales. Um, I had gotten into couponing, which was kind of easing our budget enough to where I did not feel the urgency to make money on eBay. And at the same time, I was getting so overwhelmed and frustrated with the state of our home that I knew I needed to stop bringing stuff into my house. So I was more focusing on getting things out and not bringing things in. Um, so that was very important that I basically stopped the bleeding. Okay. And I worked on cleaning out that room. Well, in April of 2008, I discovered blogs. I had been couponing, but um, I had gotten started on that through something I had seen online. And I really wasn't, I mean, I was online with eBay, but in general, not that much. Um, But I had seen something to a DFW coupon cuties, I think is what it was called. And it was a little Yahoo group. And so I just kind of started lurking on there a little bit, which lurking online basically means that you're reading everything, but you're not really joining in the conversation. So I was reading things and I was looking at this coupon stuff and I thought, huh, okay, how's this work? And I would see people, they would come back and they would say, Hey, I went to CVS and I got this, 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 and this. And so I decided to start trying that. And I got really into couponing through that. Well, in April of 2008, someone on this thing, uh, on this coupon Yahoo group said, <clears throat> gave a, an idea and they said, well, Hey, I saw this on moneysavingmom.com. And I thought, 
what in the world is moneysavingmom.com? I've never heard of anything like that. So I go over to this website, which I now know was pretty much very new at that point. And, uh, I saw this and it was a blog. I mean, she kept calling it a blog. And I mean, I was fascinated by this concept and I was like, so this is a mom out there and she has her own website and okay. And at the time I think she had another website where she wrote. And so I would go to that and I would look around and, you know, there were people interacting on there who also had blogs and I started to see that women out there were having websites, their own websites, where they were writing and people were actually reading it. And I was watching and people were monetizing, which means, you know, using this as a way to make money. And so I, I looked at it and I thought, this is for me because I had one of my dreams growing up. Now I'm a creative person. I like to act. I like to write. I like all that kind of stuff. Um, so one of my many things that I thought, ooh, you know what I could do someday? I really thought I wanted to be a writer. I thought, now surely being a writer would be something that could um, go well with being a full-time mom. You know, I wanted my family to be my full-time job and my family to be my life's work. But I thought, well, surely someday I could write. And I had all these different ideas of things I could write. I had several book ideas that I would had already thought of. Um, but... I didn't know how to go about doing that. So it was kind of in the back of my mind as something that I might do one day when all my kids are in school. I thought, well, once my kids are in school, then I'll figure out how you go about being published because it was kind of this big, you know, thing in the sky of writing. What does that actually mean? You know, you can write, but if nobody reads it, then, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I found blogs. And um, even though at the time, I really only thought there were coupon blogs. I didn't know that there were blogs of all kinds. I just thought there were coupon blogs. Well, I looked at that and I thought, I want to start a blog. You know, people are writing, which is what I want to do. I was, I really, really wanted to be a writer and other people are reading it. And that just, I mean, there are some people who say they fall into blogging, you know, they kind of started out keeping up with family and then it turned into something else. I mean, the minute I knew what blogs were, I knew they were for me. Now I had heard of blogs before, but I honestly had only ever heard about, you know, I would hear, oh, so-and-so ranted on their blog. And so I just thought they were like things that a celebrity did and talked about politics or whatever. So I didn't even know what a blog was. Once I realized that it was a website that somebody updates on a regular basis and they can write and other people can read it, um, I realized this is what I want to do. So I had ideas. I knew exactly. I even had a name for my blog. Y'all can go register this name and have it yourself, but it was going to be called allergic to bonbons because I'm allergic to chocolate for real. I am allergic to chocolate. Um, and I was going to call it allergic to bonbons, you know, so what do you do all day? If you can't eat bonbons, then what do you do as a stay at home mom? So, you know, that was my idea that I wanted to do. And I had all these, these great things in my mind of what I wanted to do with this blog. I mean, it was just a great creative outlet for me to, to even think about it. But I didn't start my blog until August of 2009, which is a year and a half between April of 08 and August of 09. I didn't start my blog because two things were stopping me. Number one, I knew I was going to love it. Like I said, there was no question to me. This was not something I fell into. Blogging just lit my fire. I mean, I knew that was what I wanted to do. And I knew that I would become, become consumed with it because that's how I roll. I like to, you know, throw myself completely into things. 
And I couldn't have one more thing to take my focus away from my home because my home was a complete and total disaster. Okay. So first thing was I knew it would take my focus away from my home and my home couldn't have any more focus taken away from it. The second reason why I didn't want to start a blog was that I wanted to write about motherhood, the thing I was passionate about. Um, and I felt that even if I wrote good and true things about motherhood, but then somebody, if they ever found out what my house looked like, that I would be a fraud, that they would completely dismiss everything I had written about motherhood that was good and true. And I know that's not completely true, but, but there is some truth in that. And I didn't, even though I knew what I wanted to write was true, it would be thrown away because, you know, of my, because if someone ever found out what my house looked like. So it was fear. It was basically fear of being a fraud. And I couldn't bear the thought of being a fraud. And so I didn't start the blog for a year and a half. And during that year and a half, especially, I worked so hard to change. I tried, but it was the same old story from my entire life, which was, um, you know, a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks, I would work, I would do great. And then life would happen as it always does. And then my house was back to being a complete disaster. And I just had no idea what happened in those couple of weeks there. Um, but the, this was new now, this was now a bigger frustration to me because before it was just a matter of why can't I keep my house better? It really, our life would be so much better if I could keep my house under control. But now I had real motivation. I mean, I had something I knew that I wanted to do, something I was passionate about starting, but I couldn't start it because of my house. And so I had real motivation and yet just the motivation itself wasn't helping. And, and I really wanted to change, but wanting to wasn't really doing anything. Um, so at the time I just kept trying to work on my house and I kept researching about how to start a blog. I mean, I really, really wanted to, um, now I will say during this time, I made one huge change that made a big difference and doesn't really have to do with the blogging motivation, but, um, I had started a Bible study called Bible study fellowship, which I highly recommend bsfinternational.org. And, uh, this is an intense Bible study. I mean, you have homework to do during the week and you really need to keep up, keep up with it, or it's a lot to do the night before. Well, I had just started it and I really started because I wanted my kids in the program because I'd heard it was a really great program for kids, which it is. Um, but I had started this Bible study and I loved it. I mean, I started it for my kids, but it just completely ministered to me. And I will say it changed me, it changed my spiritual life by a hundred percent. I mean, I just absolutely love that Bible study. Well, it's probably about six months into it. And I was finding myself in the routine that I, that I knew I would be in, which is, uh, the Bible study was on Wednesday morning and I would do my lesson, my homework on Tuesday night. That's how I did it. I just, Tuesday nights was when I would finish it up and I would try to kind of work on it through the week, but it wasn't consistent for me. And then this, the Bible study, they have a lot of different, you know, policies and rules and things, but it's mostly just to keep things flowing. Well, when I found out that BSF does not let you repeat the same, 
uh, course. Every year they study a different thing. This was the life of Moses when I started. And I was enjoying it so much. And I would sit in my discussion group and I would hear people say things like they'd really gotten something fantastic out of this lesson. And I would think, huh, well, next time I do the life of Moses, well, you know, then I'm really going to put a lot into it that time, which is kind of how my personality goes. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have time right now, but oh, next time I do it, I'm going to do so much better, which never ends up happening. But I believe this is part of the reason why they have a rule. You know, there's like a, and it's changed now, but there's like seven years of studies. Well, once you've gone through the studies, you don't get to go back and do them again. And I believe that's because it helps you, um, get the most out of it while you're there so that you can't have that philosophy that I had. Well, when I realized that I wasn't going to get a chance to do the life of Moses again, um, it really hit me that I needed to make the most of this time that I was having there. Well, uh, I was trying to think of my daily routine and it just hit me. I said, I really need to do this every morning. And I thought, but every morning I go drop my son off at school and I come home And my favorite time of the day is to pour my coffee. I just do one cup a day or else I get jittery from the caffeine. I do my one cup of coffee a day and then I would go and sit in front of the computer and look for coupon deals. And I loved that time of the day. And I was thinking, but I love sitting there and drinking my coffee. And I realized I can drink my coffee while I do my Bible study. And so I changed that. And I started dropping my son off at school, coming home, putting the other two in front of 30 minutes of TV. And I would go and have my Bible study and drink my coffee. And that became my favorite part of the day. So that helped that part of the routine. But then that had a lot, had a lot of effect on other things too, in that I also just made it a policy not to turn the computer on until after we had eaten lunch. And I found that when I didn't turn the computer on until that time of day, I was able to get so much more done in the morning. So I made improvements, but my house was still a disaster. And I know now that's because I didn't know the routines that I needed to be doing. Just focus was not enough. I needed to actually know the routines that were required to keep my house under control. Um, so I tried and I tried and I tried to get my house better and it didn't. Um, and here we were a year and a half later and it was the day before my second son was going to go to kindergarten. So I was going to have two kids in school and one kid at home. And this was a Sunday morning. I was sitting in church. I remember it very clearly because I was sitting on the opposite side from where I usually sit. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't listening. Instead, I was thinking about how my life was going to change the next day. I mean, I'd had, what, seven, eight years of three little ones all the time, you know, of constantly having a baby and a toddler. And life was going to be different. And I thought, this is the time for me to start my blog, this blog that I am desperate to start. And I was praying And I just said, okay, God, why will you not take this thing away from me? This thing that I hate about myself, this thing that I just can't seem to conquer, even though everything else I put my mind to, I'm able to figure it out. But this thing I've asked you to take it away and change me. And I was very frustrated with God for not answering that prayer. And I said, you know, God, these these are my gifts and my talents, you know, to write. I want to write. I want to encourage moms. I want to do this for you. I mean, I want to do something that's going to glorify God. And yet you're not taking this thing away from me. That's preventing me to, from doing something good. 
And I heard God say, and I don't say that often, and I don't say it lightly, but I heard God say, right about that. And I thought, okay, that's like a really good idea, God. Okay, I'll write about that. What, like two, three months, I'll focus on my house, and then I'll get my house under control, and then I can start my real blog. Well, he also said some other things to me right then and there that I will share with you next week in um, part five of my slob story, but I am running out of time, so I want to keep moving. So my week, uh, it's been a good week. It's been a fairly normal week. I am, um, I actually, I mentioned BSF just a moment ago. This is my first time in five years to not be going to BSF, and that is because I am helping out my mother-in-law. She is in bad health right now. And so they live an hour away and I have let them know that I will come up there one day a week to help with errands or whatever she needs around the house, take her to doctor's appointments. And so because of that, I realized I couldn't be out of the house two days a week, which, um, I tried two years ago and it was, it was crazy trying to keep the blog business and all that stuff going. So I realized, um, I've made that change. So, but this week I didn't go up there because I went last Friday and she had a doctor's appointment and then I'm going next week. And she said, don't come this week. So I had a little extra time and I I really kind of kept on track this week. Um, and the house is still looking fairly decent from Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoons cleanup before our Sunday home group. Um, but let's see. Um, I did a two, a two second task, which I do lots of those. And generally a two second task for me is something that I've been putting off for months and months and months and years. And then I finally just do it and I go, wow, that looks amazingly better. And it took me two seconds. Now, two seconds is a bit of an exaggeration in how short of a time it is. But um, so this week I went, dealt with some picture frames where the pictures had been falling and wonky for seriously, at least a year. And I just said, I'm going to tape those pictures into the right place on the frames. And yeah, it took me maybe not two seconds, but not more than two minutes. And it was done. And I'm telling you, it just makes me crazy when I do those things. But it also encourages me to tackle another two second task later on. Uh, let's see, I also Oh, I have a I have a post up right now that is a giveaway. And it is open until I think nine o'clock on Monday, the 23rd of September 2013. Um, go check and make sure on that time. But um, it's called Fighting Forgetfulness. And it is a sponsored post by uh, 3M with Post-It and Scotch brand products. Uh, they have some really fantastic products. They have dry erase boards that just stick onto anything and they're removable. But um, I have a dry erase board stuck on, it's like a you know, it's not a board. It's actually just a, you know, a big, huge dry erase sticker that's stuck on the back of my back door to help us remember things as we're leaving the door. And the other thing, one of the other products that they have that it seems like everybody entering the giveaway absolutely loves is the adhesive reminder tags. Now these are like little tags that, um, are post-it, you know, they stick together like that, but they wrap around the handle of something like a doorknob or a backpack handle. And it's there to help you remember what's coming up. Um, you know, what it is that you have that last thing you have to do before you leave. The minute the package came in the mail for me from them, I, took one out and used it immediately. Cause we were, we was the summer end of summer and my son was packing to go somewhere. And I put one around his backpack handle that said, 
the shorts that are still in the dryer because they were drying and so we couldn't pack them yet and a water bottle. I was like those little things that we knew we would forget as we were running out the door. Those are great little reminder things. So you can go and enter that giveaway for some products from them. Um, let's see. I also talked about stuffing my clutter, you know, kind of like stuffing your bra. Basically, um, my big, uh, master bedroom drama last week when I woke up at 3am and realized, oh, my master bedroom's a disaster. And the bug man was coming that morning at nine o'clock. Um, and I went through that. I found what I often find, which is I assume that something is a big, huge, unbelievably time consuming pile of clutter only to realize that only the very top of it is actual, you know, stuff that it looks like it is. So I had this laundry basket that was full of hangers, just hangers, space taking hangers. And on top of that were like three or four pieces of clothes. So in my mind, I had been putting it off because I thought it was, you know, four feet deep of clothes piled up. And instead it was like three pieces, four pieces of clothes, maybe, and then some hangers underneath. So yeah, that's just how I roll. Um, I also, uh, cleaned my bathrooms and went into a little bit more detail. That's one of the things I think I talked about in another podcast as my weekly cleaning tasks. And by having weekly cleaning tasks, um, it helps me stay on track mentally and, you know, keep things under control. But the other thing too, is when I'm rocking it, like when I've done, I think I've done three bathroom cleaning days in the last four weeks, which for me is really, really good. Um, it gets so much easier on that third and fourth, fourth week and not only easier, but it also, um, I I noticed more details. So, you know, the chair rail that was dusty and I hadn't even seen it on the other two times when it was just overwhelming and so dirty. Well, you know, now I notice those kinds of details and I do a little extra scrubbing of the toothbrush holder and all that kind of stuff that, that before I just don't have time for that. You know, I'm able to do more because there's less of the overall stuff that has to be done because I've done it more recently. Okay, before we finish, I'm going to share with you, I think I'm only going to get to one of my two decluttering questions. Like I said, I, I'm sure there's a time and a place for a 10 question list for decluttering, but I don't have time for 10 questions. So my first decluttering question that I ask myself is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Now, Notice I said, where would I look for it first? Not where should I look for it? And this was a big thing for me. I'm going to use as an example, fingernail clippers. Now my family, when they need fingernail clippers, they look in the kitchen junk drawer. But when I was decluttering something and I found fingernail clippers, I first thought I should really take these to the bathroom drawer because that's where fingernail clippers should go. They should go in the bathroom drawer. Except that that's not where we look first. We look first in the kitchen junk drawer. And so I decided to go with how our family operates and how we do things rather than my ideal of the way things are supposed to be. So that's my question. If I was looking for this, where would I look for it first? Okay. Go with that instinct. And you should be able to answer that question immediately. It's not something that takes a lot of thought and decision making. It's just, if I was going to look for this, where would I walk first? Okay. The second part of that question, which is not really a question, is take it there right now. So those fingernail clippers, when I come across them, even though I've just started decluttering, I pick them up 
And I think, where would I look for them? Well, I would look for them in the kitchen junk drawer. So I'm going to walk to the kitchen junk drawer right this second and go put them in there. Now, this was hard for me, but it was a big, big game changer. Um, in my mind, I feel like I'm efficient, even though I'm probably not, but I am on a lot of things. Well, efficiency wise, I think that, um, I should make a pile of all the things that are going to go somewhere else in the house. I'm going to make a pile of them or maybe put them in a special box of its own. And I will, um, when I'm done with this decluttering project, then I will walk around the house and I will deliver all of these objects. And that's going to be so much more efficient than me going right now. Except that there is a guaranteed in my world and that's called distractions. Partly because I am easily distractible, but also because I'm a mother and by definition being a mother means that you have distractions constantly and distractions can't necessarily be planned for. So let's say I'm cleaning out a drawer and I come to those um, fingernail clippers. Well, if I will go right now and put them where they go, then even if I get distracted and the phone rings, oh, you've got to go do such and such, or it's time to go pick up the kids from school, whatever. Whenever I get distracted, I've already taken the things that I've decluttered out of that drawer. I've already taken it where it goes. And so I've made progress no matter when in the process I stop. But if I make a pile of all the things that are going to go somewhere else in the house and I get distracted, I leave and by the time I come back to that project the next hour or the next day or the next week or the next month or whatever, um, by the time I get back to that project, that pile that was really logical of all the things that were going to go in different places in the house, that pile has now morphed, even if it was three different piles of, you know, here's a pile for my kid's room, here's a pile for my room, here's a pile for the bathroom. Now those three piles have all morphed into one huge pile that's all over the counter that's not even inside the drawer like it used to be. It's not even closable and invisible anymore. Now it's out in the open. It's a bigger mess than it ever was when I started. And that was a huge problem for me in decluttering before I started this process. I felt like every time I decluttered, I made it worse because that's what I did. I made all these piles and then I got distracted and I wasn't able to finish and it looked worse than it did before I started. Where if I will take individual items, even though it requires more physical effort, even though it requires more actual time during the progress, the process, um, I have made progress no matter when I stop in the project, which ultimately saves me time. Okay. So that is decluttering question number one. And then, like I said, if you can answer that and you say this, I know that this is where we would look for it first and you go take it there. You don't even have to answer question number two. And I will share with you question number two next week in podcast number five. So again, thank you so much for joining me. I am Dana White or Noni from aslobcomesclean.com. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts to get the link to these podcasts in iTunes or to, um, uh, to find links to different things that I've referred to in this podcast. Um, and so join me next week when I share the second decluttering question, when I share part five of my slob story. And um, I hope to see you over on a slobcomesclean.com. Thanks. Bye-bye.